Penn State Conversations is a podcast produced by the Donald P. Bellisario College of Communications. Episode topics range from the people, programs, and events that shape the Bellisario College to discussing key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this episode of Penn State Conversations. Hey, everybody, this is Kevin Flintosh. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Penn State Conversations. Uh, we have a fun topic today, taking a look at how some folks have been able to transition from their careers as Penn State students to Penn State employees or, or Penn State professionals within the Belisario College of Communications. Uh, excited to talk to a few different people today about their journeys, and hopefully we can learn a little something about what they've been able to do in their careers and perhaps find some ways that can help you out in yours. Uh, our first person here is a, a gentleman by the name of Matt Eichelberger. Matt, uh, thanks for joining us today. Sure. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you studied in school, what you were involved in as a student, and kind of where your career started after graduation? Yeah, sure. So uh, so I went to Penn State uh, out of high school, and uh, initially I thought that I was going to be a, a teacher. I think that was probably my my thing that I wanted to get involved with. I wanted to go back and teach in an elementary or a high school setting. So I did uh, education there for the first part of my college career and uh, quickly learned that that maybe wasn't for me. Uh, so I switched my major about halfway through and got into communications. Uh, it was just kind of like a way of taking the skills that I had. I knew that I enjoyed writing. Um, I didn't necessarily want to be a newspaper reporter. I didn't want to be the standard journalist, um, but I was a journalism major. And um, I just wanted to kind of refine some skills um, you know, that was, that was, paper writing was good for me. Um, I didn't really mind that. So, um, and it gave me a good opportunity to uh, proofread my roommate's papers and uh, have them owe me one. So, uh, so that ended up really good for me. Um, but journalism is kind of what I focused on and that's what I graduated with. And, uh, you know, as far as things that I was involved with as a student, um, I, I was, I was mostly focusing on volunteer opportunities outside of Penn State. I was a volunteer for the American Cancer Society for uh, for several years in high school and uh, and doing a lot of things with them that's kind of where I found my niche for um, being a communicator really. I put together in high school all of their newsletters and all of their things that um, kind of helped out the local community with the, with the Cancer Society so that's kind of where I found my skills um, with writing and then um, when I was in college, I just decided to spend some time doing that too, and uh, and really just devoted my time to that. I knew that giving your time in several different places is good, but I really wanted to focus on one and be really good at that. So um, so I, I focused on that for for most of most of college and and then afterwards too. And did you start in a nonprofit capacity after college? I did actually. Um, they they must have um, they must have noticed some some talent there too. I guess um, I was really fortunate to. Um, to take a job with the American Cancer Society straight out of college. Um, initially, I did uh, some fundraising for them and uh, then had progressive roles for the 10 years that I was on staff with the, with the Cancer Society as a fundraiser, as a project manager for uh, a lot of our fundraising programs throughout the state of Pennsylvania. And then I eventually got into corporate communications. So I finally put that journalism degree to good use and, uh, and did some corporate communications for them for about four or five years and did a lot of speech writing, um, ghost writing, uh, a lot of press releases and working with um, pitching stories to, to the local media to help out fundraising efforts in, in 
everybody's communities that they were working on throughout the, uh, the state of Pennsylvania. Okay, wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about your current position within the Belisario College and um, you know, what kind of stood out to you when you were looking to come back to Penn State from a professional perspective? Yeah, you know, I was with the Cancer Society for 10 years, and, uh, and I really enjoyed myself there. And, you know, I, I kind of hit that 10-year mark, and I thought, okay, what, what else is out there? Um, I stayed here in State College after graduation, and so being in State College around Penn State all the time, that was something that always was attractive to me to come back to Penn State. And, uh, and whenever this opportunity here at the, at the Belisario College came open, uh, I sort of jumped at that. Um, I'm the Associate Director of Development, so I work with a lot of our donors who set up scholarships for, um, for our students, and, um, and I, I go out and really meet with and connect back to a lot of our, uh, our former students, our alumni, and people who really haven't had a lot of connection with Penn State in several years. So I'm able to kind of talk to them about what has changed since their time at Penn State, um, what students are focusing on in the college, and, um, and what some of the needs of the college are and what some of our priorities are going to be in the next couple of years that then they can get connected and hopefully help support in a, in a financial capacity or uh, get back connected with, uh, with giving their time then too. So you talked about staying in state college after graduation. Uh, at what point did you realize, you know, maybe Penn State is actually a place I want to work, not just a town I want to live in? Yeah, you know, it, at first it took a while to adjust from being a student at Penn State to being a professional living in a college town. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a little bit of a change there for a while. But, um, but Penn State's just a great place to be. There's always something going on. And I always tell people if you come to State College or if you're, you're living in this town and you can't find something to do or if you're bored, you're just not looking hard enough. Um, there's, there's opportunities all around. Um, there's constantly something going on. And um, if, if your thing is getting involved in the nonprofit scene, there's definitely opportunities there. If you um, want to get involved in the Penn State scene, there's always opportunities there. Um, it's, it's just a growing area that, um, that continues to grow really fast and, um, and is always welcoming to anybody that wants to, uh, to be a part of it. So um, there's an energy around State College that everybody felt for the four years that you might have been a student here. And... Uh, and I know that sounds cliche, but uh, that energy kind of continues um, even after you've received your diploma and, uh, and stick around in State College to, um, to really take in all that a college town has to offer. Now, I think that's, that's good advice in general as well, Matt, is finding that area that you are passionate, and passionate about and where you want to be dedicated and involved and find ways to do it. Uh, it's not always the most evident, obvious thing, but if you want it, go find it and, and make it your own. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's just there's so many opportunities. Um, Penn State just has um, has everything for for a lot of our students, and they definitely don't um, close the door to the community. Then too. How do you see your education and, and your time as a journalism student, and also probably a little bit in your education uh, uh, studies as well, and kind of your early career with the Cancer Society impacting what you do today? Uh, you know, I think I just fell into relationship building was always, uh, something I really enjoyed, um, talking to people, getting to know them, finding out what their what motivates them, um, has always really kind of motivated me. Um, relationship building throughout college was important, um, throughout my, uh, volunteer work. And then, um, once I got into a professional setting, that relationship building was just, it was crucial to, um, to me having progressive 
job changes and, and career opportunities. And then, um, you know, coming back here to Penn State, there's just so many doors that are opened because of relationships, um, whether big or small, that you've had over the years. Um, that that, whether, whether you know it or not, you're making relationships and you're always presenting yourself. Uh, so that's, that's always been something I've kind of focused on, but subconsciously maybe not focused on, just um, being open to a lot of different opportunities. Um, I don't say no very often, which uh, <laughs> sometimes backs you into a corner, but, but it really opens up a lot of opportunities for you too. Uh, but I would say relationship building is something that, um, that has really helped me um, since, since college graduation and, and beyond. So we spoke, you just mentioned a little bit about building those relationships. We spoke earlier about finding and pursuing the areas that you're passionate about. Is there any other pieces of advice you might have for current students or recent alums who are listening and maybe want to come back to Penn State in an employment capacity at some point in their careers? Yeah, you know, I think looking at it 11 years out from college, um, I, I really right now enjoy interacting with our students and sharing my perspective. Um, you know, even though it's been several years since graduation um, and things are always changing, in a lot of ways, the core parts and experiences of Penn State will always stay the same. So I, I really enjoy interacting with the students, finding out what their interests are, what they're working on, because then I can kind of be in a conduit to others um, who want to get involved, who might be several years removed from Penn State and um, aren't necessarily here in town anymore. I can kind of translate their stories back out to them and um, and make make Penn State something that they want to get involved in again. And um, I, that's really just been been something that that I've enjoyed. Maybe a regret of mine would have been uh, not making more long lasting relationships with professors on campus. That's something I'm learning now. Is uh, you know at the time I might not have or I might have felt intimidated by looking back and you know even getting to know them. But I'm really realizing that there's a sincere want that our faculty have to see su students succeed. So I, I think for a lot of students, they can take that next step and get to know the professors and get to know the community a little bit better. Um, and f for me, I, 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 I like to get to know our faculty and, and make sure that, uh, that they're connected back with, uh, with our alumni then too, even after they've graduated. Matt offers some interesting perspective for anyone who wants to get involved in the development side and really emphasize building relationships and connecting with people. But what if you're more interested in teaching? And we're here with Tara Wyckoff today. Tara, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Kevin. Thanks for asking. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now um, within the college specifically and a little bit of your, your journey from post-graduation to coming back to where you are today? Absolutely. I am currently an assistant teaching professor for the Belisario College of Communications. I teach within the advertising and public relations department. And my journey here uh, has been a convoluted one. I started at Penn State doing my undergraduate in business and shifted from business to education. I wanted to be an English teacher shifted back in my career to business. I uh, worked in the publishing industry and then also held a number of marketing communications jobs in venture capital as well as startup companies. And then decided to go back to school because I realized that I really did want to teach, but I wanted to teach at the collegiate level. 
and I wanted to teach business. I was really interested in helping students understand the strategy that goes into all of the marketing communications, strategic communications, and public relations campaigns that they work on. And so here I am. And after college, so your your career kind of started in which direction? Um, I know you mentioned the publishing industry, um, but ultimately, how did you find that you navigated your way back to Penn State? Sure. Uh, I have a slightly different reason for coming back to Penn State. I, I started my career in New York City, in Manhattan, at a publishing house, uh, and then took a job in Seattle that relocated me to Seattle, where I met my husband, and my husband happens to be a state college townie. <laughs> so my reason to come uh, back to Penn State was really for family reasons. After graduate school, both my husband and I realized that being closer to our family was important. So that, that was the reason that we came back initially. And other positions you've held within the university, can you talk to us about that a little bit? I know we go back, geez, probably 13 or 14 years to our old line ambassador days when you were, you were my advisor. But uh, how did you kind of transition from exiting the, uh, I'll call it external professional world, back into becoming a, a, a Penn State lifer? Absolutely. So I think that, and this is part of my advice to anyone who's interested in making their way back. Um, I came back to Penn State and was pretty patient and trying to find the right spot for me. So I, I wanted to teach, but um, those jobs are, are hard to come by. And so we were moving back for family purposes. Um, and I got my foot in the door actually first with outreach, doing what I did for a living, which was marketing communications. And then um, there are a lot of really neat employee employer opportunities within the university i worked for outreach and i also worked for the alumni association two great departments uh, within the university that have a lot of marketing positions available to them and then as i grew my family i started working part-time for athletics so i moved over to yet another one of the the larger employers internally here for marketing and communications folks but I waited it out. I waited it out and got a part-time job teaching during that, during my last, um, my last job with athletics and taught part-time for the College of Communications, demonstrated my you know, capability and my interest and, and found a full-time opening about three years ago. So part of my advice to people coming back is to, to be patient because the job process here, the job search process may be a little bit longer than you're used to externally. Yeah, as you mentioned patience, it's an interesting point because uh, I think there's a lot of a pull right now, uh, and probably at all times, especially from folks coming from a, com a communications background, um, the salaries that, that we're pulling in as comm grads aren't always, at least at the start, what we're seeing out of our peers from the business school or the engineering school or things like that. Did you have any uh, I'll say tips or, or recommendations for students who are struggling with how to be patient as they find that first job, whether it's coming back to Penn State or, or something externally. Yeah, that's, that's great. We do run into that a lot. My advice to young graduates, so to my graduating seniors and the young alumni who I keep in touch with is, to be patient. It does even out. I know it doesn't feel that way when your college roommate is an engineering major and is being offered something that is too 
maybe three times <laughs> what you're being offered. But I do feel that if you like the work and you put, you know, quite a bit of yourself into it in those few early years of your comms jobs, uh, it does tend to even out. I know that, that that doesn't always make mom and dad at graduation real happy to hear, but, <laughs> but I, I found that that's the case. How, how do you see your education and your early career impacting you as a professor now at the university? It's really critical. So I, you know, I consider myself a, a professional academic, right? So I, I don't have my PhD. I'm not a tenure tracked research academic. Instead, I do bring my practical experience from the workplace into the classroom. One of the things that I love about the college is that they really value that. And so I've felt that my transition here, um, my, the experience that I bring from the external world has been really valued both by my boss and my colleagues, but um, also valued by the students. So I bring in real life examples, but I also bring in um, my network still. And so I am networked. I still have people out there doing this who are, you know, really willing to share examples and case studies and Skype in with us. And so I feel that that touch point to the outside world is, is critical, especially in communications. So Tara, you spoke a little bit about being patient uh, when trying to find your way around the hiring processes at, at Penn State. Are there any other pieces of advice that you'd give, or maybe that you do give to your current students or, or to other recent alums who are listening and maybe are interested in coming back uh, to Penn State in a professional capacity um, beyond their, their student days? Yes, absolutely. So the first point that I made about being patient really has to do with timing. And, and my second piece of advice also has to do with timing, but it has to do with um, your time, your what life stage you are currently in, what career aspirations you have for yourself that you've already met or are in the process of meeting. I think that it's really important for people not to romanticize a move back to Penn State. State College is a small college town and it's the town that you'll be living in. And so I often tell people who are considering a move back, um, you know, where are you in terms of in terms of your life stage? Is moving back to a small town uh, a good thing for you at this point? I moved back when I had a toddler and I was in the process of growing my family. State College is a fantastic place to raise a family, so it made sense for me. Uh, but that may not be the case for other people who are considering the move. And along those lines, in terms of timing, taking a look at the career aspirations that you have for yourself and if you've met the, them, some career aspirations are easier to meet when you're in a, a large metropolitan area working in the industry. And some of those go away when you come here. So I do typically suggest people um, be really realistic about where they are in terms of their own career and personal timing and, and if the time's right to make a move to Penn State. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about getting back into the academic world at a larger spectrum? So uh, outside of the Penn State world, uh, perhaps you have uh, family or, or other local commitments that are preventing you from moving back to State College, but there's something closer to home and that's the area that you want to pursue for the next stage of your career. Any thoughts for folks in that situation? 
Sure. I think that it is that teaching is one of those things that once you do it, you really recognize if this is something that you have aptitude for, that you have passion for. And so there are a number of opportunities for you to engage as an adjunct faculty member at institutions large and small all over uh, the country prior to possibly getting yourself in to teaching in front of a class, you know, every week, there's the opportunity for you to be a guest lecturer. And so I often have uh, both young and more seasoned alumni come back to my classrooms. They teach a lecture, something that they are an expert on. They recognize through that, wow, I really like this. You know, I want to do more of this. And they're able to go home to their, you know, to their cities and their towns and find other opportunities to continue that type of work. After you've demonstrated um, that you have an aptitude for this, the likelihood of you being able to get an adjunct position is higher. And with some demonstrated teaching success, it may be that you can parlay that into a Penn State position later on as well. So I encourage people, if you have a taste of it and you, and you really are liking being in front of the classroom, go out and, and do it. It's It's a great opportunity for you to give back and feel connected to students and to see if that's a line of work that you want to pursue on a, a more regular basis. Tara has seen several aspects of the university, from the Alumni Association to athletics to teaching. Speaking of athletics, let's hear from the man behind the Beaver Stadium Lion Roar and how he was able to return to Penn State after graduation. So we're here to continue our discussion today with PJ Mullen. PJ, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. Absolutely. So uh, folks who follow Penn State sports definitely know PJ or have seen him or hear him regularly, but you may not always know that it's him. Um, so PJ, can you tell us a little bit about kind of what you've done within the Penn State Athletic Department and what your current role is? Sure. I mean, um, I think my first, uh, my, my foot in the door of the Penn State Athletic Department was actually when I was working in local radio and Jim Nachman, um, who's a Penn State grad himself, brought me into running audio and doing different things at some of the some of the arenas and stadiums emceeing some events um and that kind of led to making me a little bit more visible amongst the community um got me some jobs with the minor league baseball team up here the spikes uh got me involved with the lady line basketball field hockey softball when they opened up beard field uh, five or six years ago um and then ultimately uh, some stuff with beaver stadium for in-game production kind of put me in a position where I was in meetings with uh, high-level folks here in the athletic department, and they saw what I wanted to do and, um, you know, considered me a creative force with some of the things I um, wanted to be a part of and lead, and that led to putting me in a position where when Coach Franklin came aboard here as the head football coach um, four years ago, being out and about as much as I was, he and I just developed a relationship. Like I said, I was still working for a local radio station, uh, B94.5. He came on our radio show a handful of times, saw the internship program we had in place with all the interns from the Belisario College of Communications at Penn State, and um, he liked the energy. Um, I'm not going to lie, I kind of stalked him for a little bit. Kind of, I had an in with uh, his schedule. I had people working in that office that let me know where he was going to be, and was proactive with my approach and made sure I was wherever he was and 
kind of saw some jobs posting as he got here. As as everyone knows, he's uh, he runs the football program like any CEO would. So he has a very strategic way. He has his his entire structure of his program in the flowchart. And uh, when I noticed the player development and community relations position that he had available, which was someone that just had needed a ton of institutional knowledge, needed a relationship with the student athletes. Um, folks within the administration, the athletic department, and community members help get the guys internships and anything from helping them learn how to parallel part to getting internships to transitioning in. I thought, what a way to get into the athletic department if the head football coach uh, would bring me in. I think they hired a couple people before me, but they didn't make it through. And um, sure enough, one day when I was doing a radio show outside of Coach Franklin's office, he uh, he called me over and, you know, we, I think we had every single coach show up. It was before his first game, before they left for Ireland. And he said, Hey, like, I don't know where you're coming from. Uh, you, you're showing up everywhere. You're bringing a ton of energy. Keep, keep me posted. And one night I was up at Tussie mountain running an event. I got a call from him. He said, where are you? I said, I'm, I'm not busy at all. Like I was working the event. He is, are you busy? I said, no, I'm not busy at all. And he goes, can you come grab a, grab some sushi with me and Coach Huff? And I was like, okay. He's like, do you like sushi? I was like, yeah, I love sushi. I actually hate sushi. I was like, <laughs> I love sushi, Coach, of course. So I scrambled, head down to the sushi spot in Lamont and sat down with him and Coach Huff, who's now at Mississippi State uh, as the offensive coordinator. And we had a great dinner. And he basically said uh, he was thinking about offering me the position a couple weeks later when they left for Ireland. They called me when they left for Ireland, of course. They didn't call me before Ireland. Um, as an Irish guy. Um, and he said, uh, you know, we want to bring you in. You start on Monday. So let the radio station know that you're, uh, that you're moving into the athletic department. And that was kind of the start to, to everything for me. You talked a little bit about local radio and, and things along those lines. Can you tell us about what you studied when you were in college, what you were involved with as a student and kind of where your career started after graduation before you ended up back at Penn state? Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. I, I was, I was not necessarily the most focused student um, in my freshman, sophomore, junior year. It wasn't until I went abroad, and thankfully I had good enough grades to get into the uh, the abroad program to head over to Ireland, and that's when I really matured, um, at least uh, from a student side of things. I'm still young at heart, but that's where I matured from my studies. Uh, I was I was always a good student in middle school and in high school, and then when I got to college, I just wasn't that great of a student. Um, I, I'm very outward with the fact that I have ADD, so it's very tough for me to sit down and read things. And if they don't make sense to my head, then I, I need to go and Google or find out and do a ton of research, which, um, some people that aren't good at school, they just don't, they're, they're lazy with me. It's like, I get so, I go, I go down such a crazy path of why this is the way it is, um, that it kind of takes me away from maybe what the message was supposed to be on the test. So I, I would not do well because of that. When I got to Ireland, I started to figure out ways to get past that. And, um, I came back refocused and, um, Jeff Brown gave me an opportunity with the college of com, uh, with com radio to really go from just doing my radio show to being one of the head people, one of the leaders of com radio at the time, there were only about 40 of us. Uh, now I think there's three or 400. I see them everywhere. Um, Jeff Brown, let me get more involved with that. Thon at the time back in, this is now we're talking 2006 Thon's starting to do their webcast. Uh, Maria Cabrera Balkis, one of our professors in the college of com got me involved with that. Let me kind of produce that in the first year they ever ran it as well as the homecoming parade. That gave me a sense of purpose, um, with com. It got me more involved with Thon. And I realized, man, I wish I did this my first three years. I wish I didn't waste all this time 
uh, not being involved with this stuff. So uh, upon graduation, with the help of Jeff Brown, Steve Riker, Jamie Perry, Bob Martin, um, and, and Kaskowski, all those folks, Thor uh, Waspotten, who, who, who's no longer here at Penn State, um, they were able to help me get a job uh, doing radio as the sports and news director in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, which is a small town outside of Harrisburg. And I mean, when I was at Penn State, I did broadcast journalism for two or three years, did all the classes and had enough time senior year to switch over to telecom. You couldn't double major at the time. Uh, but I really just did it to stay within the College of Com because I loved it so much. I love the people. I love the uh, the teachers and the professors. And um, and that's kind of what led me to Carlisle. Um, I have a whole story that got me from Carlisle back to Penn State. But that's what I did when I was at Penn State to answer your question. Yeah. You, you talked a bit, too, about building relationships with Jeff Brown and Kaskowski, uh, Coach Franklin, and a number of other folks in there. What do you see as really the, the main value and importance of building those relationships? And how do you balance the relationship from a, a personal versus a professional side of things? I mean, everybody I talk to, I always tell them, you know, without relationships, number one, I don't have a job because I've never stepped foot into a job where I've had any sort of experience whatsoever. I'm in a marketing role now with the athletic department. I have zero business background. I had never done marketing in my life. I'm in year two and we're seeing incredible numbers with some of the sports um, that were that our whole department's involved, in, involved with, but specifically my involvement with basketball and football. Um, we're, we're hitting numbers that we broke a record this year for a football game versus Ohio State. We're 100% up in our student ticket sales for basketball. Um, and I, I really think it's because, and I'm not saying just those numbers are because of a whole team of people, but for me personally, my relationships with everybody um, that's helped me to this point um, are what, I think make me unique. I'm my, my boss's boss, Tom McGrath, who's our head of business here in the athletic department always tells me I'm a connector. I'm, I, I might not be your most polished guy when it comes to uh, sitting in the big meeting and I don't have the suit like everybody else does. And I might not be the guy that can, um, that can sit and pick out the best. If we're whining and dining, I can't pick out or pronounce the name of the food that, at the expense of restaurant, but I'm a connector when it comes to, if somebody needs something, I always, um, know who to call, or if I can't do it myself, I know who to call to get it done. And that's something that um, I learned from those folks that you mentioned a second ago, specifically, I think, um, Coach Franklin and his approach. Um, it, 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 there should never, it should never be a no, it should always, should always be solution oriented. And if you take that approach, um, and you're invested, you're solution oriented, you are so valuable to any organization or team you're a part of, whether or not you have experience going in. I played one year of, of football or two years of football in my life, and I was working for a team when I was with them that won the Big Ten championship and played in a Rose Bowl and developed a guy like uh, Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley, and that's with zero X's and O's experience. That's just straight up uh, institutional knowledge and relationship and, and sticking with the people that uh, helped you from day one. And I still, to this day, honestly, I work with a lot of them. I teach for the College of Com because of my relationship with Steve Riker when I was a student. Uh, that helped me. And Marie Harden, who's now the dean of the college, um, because of my relationship with them as a student, led to me being able to teach for, for the College of Communications. Because of my relationship with Jeff Brown, we're, we're able to work together um, for men's basketball games. He's our in-arena in PA announcer. Um, I work with Steve Riker every day now as a teacher over there in that building. Um, it's just It's amazing that those folks that were with me when I was not a good student um, because I had a good relationship with them. And at least at the end of the day, I was an easy guy to talk to. Um, that helped me get to, to where I am. When did you know that you wanted to come back to Penn State 
uh, not just from the, a student perspective, but also from a professional standpoint? I think um, it's funny. I never even thought to come to Penn State. I, I wanted to go to Syracuse and I wanted to go to and be in the Newhouse School and follow Dick Clark and Mike Tirico and Bob Costas's path. And then I realized that, you know, I'm, I realized I was delusional. Um, and I decided, um, when I came to Penn state, my, uh, I was lucky enough. My, my, I came up here with my mom and my dad and I came up for a, a football game, I think. And I thought, you know, this, this would work. I'm only three hours from home and it worked out. Um, and I loved it here when I was a student here. I really did. Um, but when I left, I, I, like I told you earlier, my senior year, I really took advantage of it out of 4.0 my senior year. Um, and I started getting more involved with things like Thon and Homecoming and Com Radio, and I hadn't done a lot of that early on. So when I left um, and I was in Carlisle, really made the most of my time in Carlisle, got involved in the community. It was I worked for a station that played the best of the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and that's like the Glenn Miller band for those listening. That's like stuff that, that has no vocals. There are no lyrics. This was just big band. So it was like, what am I doing? I'm working for a station. Our, our prime demographic was 80 and 90 year olds. And, but I took advantage of it. I, I would work at the senior center and really get to know these people. And I felt like I had 50 grandparents and I worked at the local Catholic middle school and I coached a basketball team and I really felt invested in Carlisle and everyone's like, why are you living in Carlisle? And I, I actually loved it. It was tough to leave Carlisle and move to Philly um, where I went. And when I was in Philly, I worked for another station. I got invested there and we all lost our jobs because um, they sold the station. I was lucky enough to kind of fall into a situation where the station we were working for carried the Phillies. The Phillies went on a World Series run. So for the entire month of October, I got paid my severance. I was going to Phillies games because I had the tickets from the station. I was selling them when I couldn't go. I pocketed some extra cash. And at the end of it, I got a big job in uh, D.C. working for Talk Radio Network for a national talk show. Uh, that was number five in the country at the time. I was the producer. And um, that's when I realized I got to get back to Penn State. I hated my job. I was finally making all this money that I thought I'd make. And uh, life was supposed to be so much better. And it was funny because I was making quadruple my salary in Washington, D.C. The area was great. I lived in Clarendon. I loved it down there. Plenty of Penn State folks down there. Um, but my job was miserable. And I realized, you know what? I'm back to not making an impact. I'm back to just doing things because this is the way it's supposed to be. When you go to Penn State, you're supposed to go out in the night and, and be part of that whole social scene. When you when you live in D.C., um, you're supposed to work hard. Well, I was like, I'm back to just checking the boxes. And I need to get back to my mentality. Senior year, my back to my mentality at Carlisle. And I said, you know what? There's no better place to do that than Penn State to go back and make an impact on a town that I didn't take full advantage of when I was here and it's something my parents did growing up they made a huge impact and continue to do in media Pennsylvania outside of Philadelphia and I thought I owe it to State College and Penn State to go back up there and make an impact so um, luckily the guy I worked for in Carlisle took a job up here in State College and he was looking for someone to kind of come in and be what they called I think it was called continuity director which I'm still not certain what that meant it just meant that he could bring me up for about 20 grand a year and um and get up here. So first thing I did when I got the radio job was I want to start an internship program called Bob Martin. Bob Martin's like, let's do it. And I was like, this is not just going to be a show up and um, write down what happened the day before or make my coffee. This is going to be, you're going to help me run a morning show and you're going to help us make a little station turn into the biggest deal in town. And for four or five years um, that we did it and 25 interns a semester for five years um, and three semesters per year, including summer, you're talking 500 plus students that came in from the College of Com. That, that those connections alone uh, put me in a position where I became a valuable asset to the state college community. And all the folks in the meantime that I met 
through local business owners to um, distinguished alums to just your regular uh, guys and ladies on you know on the street that you got to know from working in lo- local radio. And I realized, man, I love this. And in time, that twenty grand turned into more than that because I was doing sales and I was making money off of that, and I was doing extra gigs here and there. And I got in with uh, athletics, like I said earlier. And then next thing you know, you're, you're making um, big guy money and and adult money that you need to make to you know. I got a chance to. Um, I think my first day on job with football, I flew out. Um, uh, with the football team and we were at the big house in Michigan. I'm like, I went from my little radio booth to flying out, um, with the football team first class to, to Michigan. Now I'm getting great health benefits and I'm teaching for the college of communications. And like I said earlier, that, that all really went back to just knowing how to develop relationships, work people, um, get peep, get the best out of anybody you work with, which at times creates, um, tension. And I've had plenty of people that, that find it difficult sometimes to work with me because I do expect the best out of everybody. And I, and I, and I, and I make everybody work extra hard, but, um, but it led to some amazing things for me. And it did not start with this clear path of I'm going to graduate and I'm just going to have this job because that's how it works. And I'm going to be on ESPN. It started with that same delusional dream of I'm going to be the next Bob Costas, but it ended with a, a realistic like meaning in in what I do and my whole mantra is like make an impact and I really truly feel like every single day you know when I show up for work or whatever I do I'm making some sort of impact and I'm not just checking a box every single day to make a paycheck yeah the goal isn't to be the next Bob Costas to be the first PJ Mullen exactly exactly are there any other last pieces of advice you might have for students or recent alums who are listening beyond building those relationships and and focusing on the solutions as opposed to why something can't work uh, that you might want to share for those folks who are interested in maybe coming back to Penn State as an employee someday. Yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of people get nervous because they're like, well, if you live in State College, if you come back to Penn State, uh, it's not a major city with all these places to go eat and late night concerts and all that stuff. But I mean, the community is probably, I think it's top five safest in the entire country. Um I, I, like I said earlier, I was able to buy a townhouse up here. Um, the value behind that big picture, if you think big picture way down the line to either sell that or maintain that and be able to retire back here someday, even if I don't stay here um, over the next several years, to be able to come back to that in this beautiful area is awesome. The people up here are amazing. Um, advice for others out there um, is just to, just to keep in the back of your head that, that everyone goes through this crazy path and those first 10 years out of school, um, there are those crazy nights where it's like, I don't, I am in the negatives in my bank account. What am I going to do when you're paying off your loans? When am I ever going to pay these things off? Is it ever going to get better? And I always tell my students now, I'm like, Hey, every time you do an interview, every time you send an email, every time you meet with somebody, send them a thank you card, send her a thank you card. Uh, you might be the only person that thanked that person via thank you card that you took the time to write, look up their address and put a stamp on it, which is a lot harder to do than just sitting there and writing an email. That's the problem with a lot of people now. It's like, well, I sent them an email. I talk to my interns a lot and I say, did you send them a thank you card? Well, I sent them an email. Did you send them a thank you card? Because a thank you card to me, when I get it, means you went and you you pulled something out of your drawer. Or you went and bought it. You took the time to write it. You might have messed up a couple times and wrote three or four cards. You took the time to look my address up, send it to me, and I feel appreciated because 
you know, if I'm the guy that's uh, working at the the ticket office that takes gets a hard time from people all the time, and I rarely ever get thanked for anything I do, it's a very thankless job. Um, to get a thank you card from someone, you may be the one person in 30 years that ever thanked that person. And that could be your next person that gets you a job or your next best friend or someone that's in your wedding. You just never know. And it's funny looking back, every job I've gotten to this point was because of someone that in some way, shape or form, um, I was involved with something that helped them or their family or their grandchild or something like that. That At the time, I, and I never do it for the wrong reason. I was just doing it because that's what I do. And you look back and sometimes when you tick someone off, they're not as ticked off at you because they're like, ah, that's the same guy that let my kid shadow him at the at the radio show for four or five years when he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do. And, you know, and, and those types of things matter. And when they keep building up and piling up, you look back, you got a great amount of work under your belt there and you got a ton of great stories and relationships. And um, like I said, like I said at the beginning, it's just it's all about making an impact. And if you figure out a way to make an impact in anything you do, um, you're going to be successful and you're going to keep, keep moving up the, the food chain. So PJ, this is great stuff. I really appreciate you being here. I think as he mentioned, making an impact both on your own life, the lives of others, the organizations you work with is a really huge way to get yourself started in a, in a career and within an organization. So on behalf of Matt, Tara, and PJ, uh, this is Kevin Flintosh. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you soon. This episode of Penn State Conversations was presented by the Young Alumni Council of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications Alumni Society Board. The Alumni Society Board aims to help elevate the stature of the Belisario College through dialogue with faculty, students, the dean, and associate deans. The Young Alumni Council also aims to foster a strong connection between young alumni and the college to inspire lifelong support and involvement. For more information or to learn how you can get involved, please visit belisario.psu.edu slash alumni.